What's going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome show for you. We are talking about the COVID outbreak for Wisconsin and the implications for the Big Ten. Justin Turner and the Dodgers winning the World Series and his scandal involving COVID. And we're breaking down the college football board. The 36-22 and 22 right now on my college football cards in the year. Not bad. We'll see how this week plays. It's a good one. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is October 30th, and today we have the one and only Tim as my co-host. How are we doing today, sir? We're doing fantastic. Good to hear, good to hear. It's It's been a weird week. We had our, not our first, we had a lot of COVID in the sports world, to say the least. A oh, l- yes, we did. lot of COVID conflict. Let's start with the one that's going to take the quickest time, because nobody really cares um and that's the mlb and justin turner least watched world series i think ever it's like nine million people tuned in um to game six or whatever i forgot it was even on um i did too but in case you don't know what the hell we're talking about here justin turner uh infielder for the dodgers one of their best players um tested positive for covid mid-game how does that happen one asks it's a good question we don't really understand there's probably a little 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 hanky panky under the table type of deal here um the lab didn't return. They sent the samples from the previous day or two days before. The lab got it back during the second inning. It was inconclusive. Then they, the test from that day had arrived, and they were able to get those run, and, te- and he tested positive for COVID. They pulled him in the eighth, secluded him, isolated him within the stadium. Dodgers win the World Series. Congratulations, Kurt, Clayton Kershaw. I guess we should probably also talk about that. We can talk about that in a second here. And then... <laughs> They win, and then I guess an hour later, Justin Turner ends up back on the field in a mask for part of it, takes a picture without a mask next to Dave Roberts, the manager, who is a cancer survivor, kisses his wife, which actually I don't have a problem with that um, because they she knew. Like, she had to have known he had it. That was That's an agreement between them. There's nobody else around. Like, there's no way he didn't text her or let her know when he was by himself that he tested positive for COVID. Or she found out through somebody. Um, So whatever. I don't give a fuck about that. People were like harping on that. I don't give two shits. That's the decision they made as a married couple. Whatever. The problem I have, and I don't know where you feel on this, the going out and pulling down the mask and taking that picture next to Dave Roberts and being around those guys after knowing you tested positive is so insanely reckless and stupid. I get the human emotion. Like, I don't know if I would do much better in that situation. Like, had I just won the World Series, like, I don't know if I would do much better, but it's just such bad optics. Yeah, I can't be too hard on him, though, either, because, I mean, it is the World Series, and I'm not saying that it, it, like, if you rationalize that in your mind, the way that he probably did is, like, well, I've already been around all these guys anyways, and I'm getting tested positive, so at this point, they've already been exposed to me. I mean, it's not the right thing to do, I guess you could say at that point, but I also find it hard to be very hard on him for something like that. Exactly. Like, I think of it as, like, if I was in that spot, like, I'd like to think maybe I wouldn't do that, but I I have a feeling, like, I just won the World Series. Like, the highest accomplishment you can have in your field, something you've worked literally your entire life for um, as a professional athlete, like, from the time you were little, that's something you did. And to do that, like, I think, yeah, I probably would be out there, too. Now, I do think I would also be wearing a mask next to my manager, who is an at-risk person, who did take on the risk of managing a baseball team in this environment. And there is that thing, like, he didn't have a mask in the... Like, players aren't wearing masks in the dugout all the time, so, like, they're exposing it, but it's outside. 
like that's just a really bad optic and i i think that was kind of shitty to do or maybe don't be sitting right next to him maybe yeah. stand by one of your that. other teammates mm-hmm. um but outside of that like i don't I don't fault the guy really because it's it's hard for me to say I would have done anything different in that spot. If we're being really honest, if everybody's being honest with themselves, it's hard to say otherwise. Yeah, it's hard to say that I would have done anything different. The one thing that would have probably been different is the picture with the manager, picture <laughs> with a cancer survivor. Um, probably not going to happen without a mask on, or I mean, even probably not even going to happen in general. Like at least staying on the outside of some of the festivities at least yeah like you're still in the mix a little bit but you're like mindful of who you're up against like oh i was already up by these guys like it doesn't no big deal but it, i don't know it's a weird situation it is for sure i felt like it was worth bringing up though because he's been getting some people have been i think having the approach we have like they have they're using their human brain and their emotions of what they would have done in that situation and then there's other people who, and they're just the idiots of the world who are so like they live they think the world's black and white and it's just like no, yeah. he shouldn't have been fucking out there. He's like, shut the fuck up. It's like he <laughs> he broke protocol. He broke their guidelines. It's like, okay, yeah, people break guidelines all the time. He was playing too. in the game until the eighth so, inning. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was literally in the game already. Like, yeah, he had to get pulled from the game. So it's not like he was. It's not like he. It's not like he was quarantined as soon as he tested positive. Like they couldn't. They couldn't prove the or one of the tests was inconclusive from the right. day before. And then the one that confirmed a positive didn't get back until the end of the game anyway. So at that point, it's like, eh, whatever. Exactly. Um, the other thing is like, what the fuck would have fuck? We got a prop bet going on uh, the Atlanta Panthers game right here. I got Ku the kicker, scoring more than seven. He's now got six points, so let's go. I um, love <laughs> my fantasy football team that nobody cares about. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, I don't know what baseball would have done though, Ed, because like, there's no way tests don't come back positive the next day for like the rest of the fucking team. Like game seven, could you imagine if the Dodgers lost that game and they went to game seven? Like, I don't know what you do in that spot at that point, because <laughs> there's no way they don't all have it. So who who got the positive test first, the Rays manager that pulled Blake Snell, or the um, or <laughs> or, or the Dodgers? What a, what an insane thing that was doing! Like I I was following it on, and I'm being 100 percent honest. I did not watch the game in real time, but I was following it sort of on Twitter late. And I saw that I saw Twitter exploding about pulling Blake Snell, and then I just went to the Statcast. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, how do you... I know the numbers are, like, third time through the lineup, and that's what got them there. But honestly, at that point, you've just got to, like... That's where coaches have to be smart and be like, you know what? I know this game in my gut. Like, I know what the numbers are telling me, but I got to make a gut call here. And nobody would have blamed him. Had had Blake Snow gotten ripped for a a dinger, like, nobody would have been like, oh, that was a bad decision not to pull him after the third rotation. Most fans would be like, they don't even know that. That's not even on their radar. They're learning about this thing for, like, the first time. So, it's just insane that you pull him in that moment. Um, and ultimately, it was a bad decision. Dumb yeah, decision. I really don't understand how you don't ride your ace in that position. Like, at least ride him until he gives up a run or two. I mean, it was a one nothing game, and they were winning. Right. You don't pull your ace when you're winning. And maybe it's different if it's, like, game three and it's not a must win. but like Or game two or something. Like maybe you Or even him. if he's getting hit. Like, yeah. It's not like he gave up hits. He wasn't even, like, in a jam when he got pulled. Right. You're not thinking about saving his arm for another game. Like, it's game six. You have to win tonight or it's over. So 
ride him until the wheels come off, or like you said, until he's getting hit and like there's a legitimate concern, or if he's losing velocity on his ball or something like that. Like if there's visible signs like, of fatigue, but there wasn't, from what I understand. No, yeah, usually there's a sign. Usually they start giving up walks. Usually they start getting hit. Like yeah, uh, it's there was none of that. Like it, he was missing bats. Absolutely dumb, 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 dumb. But then on the opposite side of this, I feel so good for Clayton Kershaw. Literally the best pitcher ever. Like, I think when you look at his regular season ERA, it's the adjusted one and the non-adjusted one is the best ever in the game. Like, he's been phenomenal. He's obviously struggling in the playoffs, which sucks. But, like, now that he has that World Series, it's kind of that breath of relief of, like, oh, now he's good. Like, he's good. He's a Hall of Famer. We can consider him the greatest pitcher probably ever. Um and I, I feel good for him because he's also just a good dude who's just gotten a lot of shit and then mentally has just been through hell, I would have to imagine. Yeah, and he seems like a great dude. He's a lot like Matthew Stafford. If you didn't know, he went to high school with Clayton <laughs> Kershaw. You don't I don't know say. if you have heard that one before, but I uh, hear it. I'm surprised they don't bring that up more. Just about every football game and baseball game with Clayton Kershaw <laughs> um, that I watch. It's insane how often they bring up that stat. So, But, yeah. He seems like a great dude, and um, happy to see him win it and get the monkey off his back. Hell yeah, hell yeah, great win. Um, I, I I have a soft spot for Mookie because I love Mookie. I will never not be angry over the Red Sox and their fucking luxury tax bullshit. Um, there will nothing make me more like I'm still obviously gonna ride and die with my Red Sox. But honestly, besides the guy above me in Big Poppy right here, I don't know if there's been a more beloved player in the last decade or so because, like, Mookie did everything good. He was a great on-and-off-the-field guy. He loved Boston. He wanted to be a Red Sox for life. And we're just like, no, we don't want to pay the luxury tax with a generational player and arguably the best player in baseball. Like, fuck off, Red Sox. That's – it's absurd. Yeah. Andy saw all his skills on <laughs> on display over this entire World Series. It was insane. I I didn't watch much at all. Like my entire all. Twitter but feed when was I was with flipping it on, it was like, oh, Mookie practically stole home just because he legged out a ground out single. <laughs> I was, <laughs> dude, he's amazing. He's amazing, and we're like, no, we want to get under the luxury tax. What's the point of being one of the wealthiest franchises in the world and being like, nah, we just we don't want to pay the luxury tax in a sport that doesn't have a salary cap? It's in fear. I will never not be mad about that. Red Sox ownership, in case you're wondering. You charge us an arm and leg to sit in Fenway, but you can't pay the best baseball player. Like, what's the point of what's the point of drafting a guy, developing him, bringing him through your system, having him develop through the best player, and just being like, no, we don't want to pay him best player money. So stupid. Yeah, yeah you don't really see a, uh, a one of the bigger market teams <laughs> let go a homegrown talent who's one of the best players in the major leagues. We're not the A's. We're not, we don't have to play <laughs> money ball here. Like, what we can buy and sell the room from out of most of these franchises outside like the Yankees. Um, so dumb. Um, all right, getting off that because I could stay there forever. More COVID news that hit the world in arguably one of the dumbest rules I was not aware of. Big news, Wisconsin. COVID is just ripping, one, through the state, but ripping through the Wisconsin football team. Paul Chris has it. Starting quarterback has it. Backup quarterback has it. Other players and staff have it. A couple weeks ago, I sat here and I said, you know what, maybe the Big Ten is going to look great kind of in the back end because they had all this time to get their shit together and they seem to try to be doing things right. I I messed up there, hands up, because I was unaware of two things. 
One, that if you test positive in the Big Ten, you have to wait 21 days, which feels insane. Like, the CDC is recommending 14, and like, nah, let's tack on another seven to that. Because I don't even think you, I don't even know if you're shedding virus at that point. Um, and then two, you have to get a cardiac, which I don't mind the actual like cardiac workup to make sure your heart's good and stuff. Um, but that's an atrociously bad rule, which folds into number two, which makes number two point a problem. There's no margin for error because there's no bye week. You waited so long. There's no bye week, and with the 21 day rule, like Wisconsin's football is done. Like, any football team that catches COVID, their season's done immediately. Yep. <laughs> That's the and, dumbest thing ever. And there was another rule. Like, if a certain percentage of your team test positive, you guys like have to shut down right? or yeah. something like that. And it was only, like, six. the math only worked out to, like, six or seven players because it was, like, 6% of your team. Yeah, I say you end like up in the red zone. And then you have to shut the team down. It's absolutely insane. I knew that there was something that was going to go on, um, and they left themselves no room for error, which I'm also kind of surprised that, like, the college football playoff hasn't been pushed back a little bit, at least to give some room for error. But I guess all the other conferences have gotten their shit together and um, have room for error as well. So it's like... The Big Ten is one of the only ones besides the Pac-12, but nobody cares about them, <laughs> that hasn't gotten their stuff together yet. Yeah, no. Like, Florida's been off for three weeks, and they're still fine. Like, their season's still well within reach. Um, and, yeah, it's weird because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm messing up the timing here, but normally there's, like, a couple weeks off between the championship game and then when the New Year's Six goes. or the So there's still – I guess they they could still just push back the Big Ten. I don't know. Maybe there's a scheduling issue there with like events, but there can't be because no events outside of football. No happening. Events. Yeah. I was going to say nothing but Sunday football. So like, actually, yeah, no, you should be able to, I don't know why, I don't know why the big 10 doesn't just push back their championship. Like, yeah, you don't get as much rest between. Oh, the big down 10 and... can't push back their championship. It's scheduled right up to the day before the week before the oh, college football playoffs. <laughs> this new, this new schedule brought their college football or their uh, championship week right up before the college football playoffs. So they had to put, eight weeks season in, in eight weeks, leading up to the week before the college football playoff. So it goes Big Ten championship and then college football playoff. They are so – Kevin Ware is an idiot. Well, Kevin Warren. Warren, sorry. Yeah, Kevin he's, Ware. Kevin Warren. He's an insane. Idiot. Idiot. That's so dumb. Like the pause in September killed them. That gave them a poison pill. I did not know about the – Big 20- time. If, yeah. they, if, they, if they had just – if they had just went with their original schedule that they put out with the two or three bye weeks in it mm-hmm. and left some room for error, this thing would have never gotten to the way it is right now. No, like Wisconsin um, would still have a but, season. <laughs> yes, Wisconsin would still have a season. I mean, they found a quarterback. Graham Mertz looked amazing. Fantastic. I don't know how he wasn't starting beforehand. Like That's what I don't know. What was going it does, on there? It doesn't. Was Cohen <clears throat> that much better? Like, what the hell? Or is it one of those situations where it's like more veteran guy gets gets the call because it's close? But I can't imagine it was close. He looked phenomenal. No, he looked incredible. I don't understand how he lost the quarterback battle. Like, just watching him play it doesn't look like he should have ever lost a quarterback competition. No. And the other thing that sucks here, too, I mean, Wisconsin just bringing attention to it. But it's like the whole reason the Big Ten kind of came back was to give Ohio State a shot at the national championship. If Ohio State catches it, their season's also done. Like, they have, they have been – this is so stupid. Well, 
well, bend the rules. That's when you get the 21-day rule. To Ohio disappear. State hasn't really got a positive test case yet, and they've been practicing this whole time. So, um, <laughs> eh. true. Um, Ohio's blowing up. Down I don't want to put things out there that bad, but uh, yeah, I there's saying. only one way that a school doesn't get a positive test case. Yeah, state of Ohio is hot. I mean, down here in Cincinnati, we're hot. We're moving to potentially purple, which is like the highest level you can get. Um, luckily, I don't do anything but watch football during football season. So I leave my house to go to the store, and then I just sit in my house all day. I work from home, and then I watch football. So I'm not really doing much. Um, but, yeah, that's dumb. And the other thing, I have to I mean, they can't at this point unless, I guess, all the Big Ten or the majority of them agree to change the rules. But, like, the 21 days seems insane. Like, I've ha- I know people who have gotten sick. And even one, like the symptomatic ones have been able to return to the population faster than that. It's as soon as their fever. Our friends are doing it in 10 days. Yeah. It's as soon as the fever breaks, then it's like, I forget the timeline after that. They're then following it, the CDC guidelines that yeah. say 10 days after you show symptoms, if you haven't had symptoms for the past 72 hours, you're no longer contagious. That's what exactly is what it. is what the CDC guidelines apparently say. But it, <laughs> you're going 21, 21 days. days? It's so dumb. You're tacking on an extra 11 days to what the CDC is saying. Like, I get that you're doctors and stuff that that are some of these presidents of these universities, but you also let your kids back on campus. What's yeah. What are we doing here? That's a great question. What are we doing here, Big Ten? Because this, it's all over the place. Makes no sense. Send the kids home then. If if this is the rule, why are you have kids on campus? Here's the other thing. I don't know why teams aren't doing this. Like, you have a bajillion. Like a Big Ten team is. A, poor like why don't you just kind of bubble the kids anyway like just they're put them in one complex and bubble them why wouldn't they be in their own dorm yeah like it doesn't wh- like oh, it should just be it should be a student athlete dorm like they send out room assignments before they come in like it should just be a student athlete yeah, dorm and put all the athletes put them wherever in you can house them as far away from like main campus and as close enough to like the practice facility and just kind of keep an eye on That's it. the problem, too, though. They're kids. I mean, they're kids. Exactly. Like, it was inevitable it's going to happen. That's the other thing. It's, it's inevitable. They're kids. You yeah. Can't, you can't blame the kids for doing something. Like, every person, when they're 18 to 23 years old, they are invincible. I was invincible. You were invincible. I like, agree. we all thought that nothing could happen to us. And that's what you do when you're 18 to 23 years old. I 100% agree. I, I don't blame the kids. that Like, the people out here out blaming the kids is dumb. Because, one, you don't even know. They might have been doing the right thing. Like, you have no idea. Like, Graham Martz might have been doing everything right and just caught it because that's 100% possible. Um, but it just feels like the adults or the people that are supposed to be the adults in the room have not fully thought this through and planned this through in a way that achieves both goals, keeping kids safe and playing football. Because I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time here. Like, there should be a level... Like, if we decide we're going to play football, then how do we do it as safely as possible? But not to the point where it's literally like, why are we even Why are we even playing at this point? Like, it's just stupid. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Yep. And if it's and if it's not true that the that COVID can't cause that heart condition that that Penn State doctor may or may not have implicated, like he should go away for malpractice. Like oh, that's kind of what caused this whole thing. Which is legit. Like, if it did, I get the. I get the point of being more cautious than not like being safe than sorry down the road and being like, if there's a possibility, let's approach it this way until we can prove that's not a thing. But to go overly cautious, it's like, it's like bubble boy, mom. Like 
Mm-hmm. No, like unless your kid actually has an insane autoimmune disease, don't put your kid in a bubble. Let him go play in the dirt and get some germs in him, like that Ex- type of thing. <laughs> exactly, and don't get it twisted. I'm not saying. Oh yeah, and sorry, that's probably real. a bad example. I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying going out there and get isn't it. Real. I'm not saying you should be going out there and strengthening your immune system by not wearing masks and stuff and being careless. Like you should always be wearing your mask in public. Right. And I mean, social distancing, it, washing hands, all that taking, stuff taking all the precautions that you're supposed to. I'm just saying that they may have been overcautious on this in the Big Ten, and it's coming back to bite them. Like, the other implications, too, is Ohio State isn't really going to have real competition. Oh, God, no. We're going to talk about this. lost to Indiana. We're going to talk about that when we get to our bet, because I have – I have some thoughts there. I have okay. you're, you're, you're hitting me on okay. the right thing. But, <laughs> but where we're going is Ohio State could walk through this Big Ten schedule, and it could end up being that Ohio State oh, walks sure. through a cakewalk schedule. 100%. Yeah, because Wisconsin's now Almost out. a worse schedule than UC would have walked through because they have some decent teams in there, and we will get to that later. We will. I, we're, <laughs> why don't we just get there now? Let's okay. get to picking games. So we're going to pick some games here. We're going to give our cards out at the end, which we're actually putting our money where our mouth speaks. Right now, I am 36-22-1 on the year in college football. No big deal. Degenerate Report is out now on badnewsmedia.com. What is the Degenerate Report? It's a six-pack of my best picks. Put it out every week. I'm currently 67% there, 28-14. and 14. Um, Doing all right there. So let's get into some picks. Let's get into some games. You know what? Screw it. Let's start with the Big Ten. Let's start with your Michigan State Sparties oh in Michigan. First of all, Jim Harbaugh with a new look. I mean, GQ Harbaugh, I love – first of all, I love that he changed his look, but he made all of his assistant coaches still wear khakis and have the exact same look. <laughs> that was fantastic. Don't think I didn't see that. I saw him wearing some slick black pants, a nice slick like jacket or whatever, and then I looked behind him, and every assistant coach and every person on the staff is wearing khakis. <laughs> Yep. Great look for Jim no, Harbaugh. He, he needs to stand out more. He needs to be the guy. He needs to be the center of attention. Are we getting Khakis killer Joe Harbaugh too, this man. year? Jim Harbaugh this year? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think he ever will. Where are we here with this game? I saw some dreadful things being said on uh, Twitter about this game. Not looking forward to it. Where do you fall? And just, I should have set the line here. Line's at 24. Michigan is 24-point favorite. Under over is 52. It seems high. Like, I don't know. Do you feel like Michigan's a really good football team? Yes. I, I think that seems a little low to me. Really? All right. Tell yes. me why here. Because I thought my initial reaction was like, man, that seemed high. Because Michigan State played good defense. It was turnovers that killed you all last week, right? Yeah, but they couldn't block anybody to save their lives. I'm talking defense here, though. I'm talking like Michigan the, the State's offense. still got a good defense, though. Still keep it, it low score. against Rutgers. Yeah, I guess. It's a good point. Hey, maybe Rutgers is a good program. (laughs) No, Rutgers is. It doesn't matter. Rutgers is not good. They might be. They might be below average this year. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a possibility. Um. All right. Where are you here on this? So you think Michigan is actually good? I think Michigan's actually good. What I saw from Joe Milton and that offensive line that they have, that offensive line opened up some holes for some running backs that they were able to run through Joel Milton looked good he was on during the game against Minnesota um I mean Minnesota was playing without six starters because of COVID but three of those were on the special teams and you could tell 
and you could Dude, tell. I, I could have punted better than that back there. I did not know that was a thing. But I would never have made that Minnesota bet. I was not aware of the special team situation. That was a legit problem. Like, I've never seen special teams be that bad and that big of a liability, I think, ever in my life, outside of a high school football game. <clears throat> I don't understand how it gets that bad. How? They, I mean, you can pick up anybody on the campus, and they can be better than that. Like, they could walk on. You could grab a walk-on, and he could at least punt the ball. Yeah, why weren't we calling the soccer team? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Or the get club the rugby team. Get the, get the goalie from soccer over, and he'll punt some balls. Like, I don't know what they were doing. That or, like, the club rugby team or something? Like, what are we What are we doing something, here? Anything. <laughs> that was so bad. Um, I couldn't usually you have that. multiple kickers on your team yeah. because they're, they're, I mean, sure there were starters that were all out, but like there's backups. The whole situation was terrible. Yeah. I didn't understand bad. that, but I, that's the problem is I couldn't, I couldn't tell if Minnesota was good so that what Michigan was doing was impressive or if Minnesota was actually kind of bad and Michigan just beat up on a bad team. I think Minnesota got caught off guard a little bit. I think Minnesota got caught off guard and Michigan played really well. So it was a little a little bit of both. I don't think Minnesota is as good as I thought they were, but I still think they're a decent football team, which is reason for me to believe that Michigan is a very good football team. All the things that they had struggled with in the past, their offensive line, their quarterback, um, and and their defense, their defense actually looked pretty good too. It did. It was kind of scary. Their defensive line looked dominant, um, whereas before they would have a bunch of uh, high recruits like Rashawn Gary, who never really did anything, yeah. or Jabril Peppers on the defense, where he never really did anything. Like it was all talk. Now they got some guys back there. Yeah, I mean they still got the young secondary from, and the secondary was I don't know. Uh, we'll see because they like to put them on island. And I mean with Michigan mm-hmm. State, y'all moved the ball on Rutgers. It's just. The turn you had seven turnovers. Like you had good passing numbers, three hundred nineteen yards. Couldn't run the yeah. ball. Um, I was looking at that. It five, was wild. Five fumbles, two interceptions, and that's why I think that number's high because it's like I feel like this game. Like don't get me wrong, Michigan. I think Milton's definitely good. I I I feel good about saying he's going to be a good player for Michigan. I'm nervous to say Michigan's good because they bit me in the ass so many times. Like I was super high on that team that got their doors blown off by Ohio State a couple years with Chase yes. Winovich and all them. Like, I was legit like, oh, this team is legit. And they showed up looking like a peewee football team. Um, and it is Rutgers. But, I mean, outside, if you eliminate all those turnovers, like, Sparty didn't play good. But the defense I was guess... competent and the passing game was competent. Like, you don't put yeah. up 319 yards being incompetent. But I didn't watch the whole game, so I don't have a great feel for Spartan. It just feels high True. 24. I guess it was more, it was it was tough for me to watch when um, Michigan State's average third down play is nine point six yards. Damn. Holy or maybe that was second down. What was that? Breaking second news. Down? Second down was nine point six yards. Breaking news. I'm so glad I got this bet in. Trevor Lawrence tested positive for COVID. Will not play against BC this week. Holy shit! I took BC. Are you kidding me? If you read the Degenerate Report this week, you got the BC pick early, so you put it in. Um, oh I took BC to God. cover. Trevor Lawrence is tested positive. I'm going in to see if if uh, the line's still up on my book to just try to lock in a little extra. Um, but yeah, that is that's a huge. I mean, it was coming at some point. You knew it was coming. 
Um, speaking of COVID, but big breaking news that that kind of dilutes the conversation. I mean, you didn't know it was coming from Trevor Lawrence. Like that feels like the stuff that gets hidden, right? Yeah, or you know, they had him get it early. They had they had, they went for their herd immunity. They had him for this, get him for this game, so it's fine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. Oh my. God damn it! I can't log into my freaking account right now. I just temporarily locked it out. <laughs> Trying to type too fast while doing this. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, so just so we're aware, when I tweet out my card this week, I did have BC in there early, jumped on him at 31. Loving that pick now so much that I locked that in right when I did the degenerate report last night. Um, but that's that's a game changer. Um, that's a big-time game changer. At least for this week, because the backup situation, I remember the – Syracuse, or I'm uh, not Syracuse. Clemson's pretty beat up. Uh, wasn't that wasn't their backup? Did their backup get dinged up a little bit when he was playing a bunch? Yeah, he got. It's a, oh no, this is that big DJ guy. Do you remember watching him on? Uh, wasn't he on QB one? QB one as a backup. Maybe. Maybe. Do you remember that kid that was running all over the place at? Where where was he from? Like Bishop Gorman, that. Um, oh yeah. That really, not Bishop Gorman. No, I know what you're talking about, though. Um, but yeah, he was a backup there too, because they had that kid that went to Iowa State who was a runner, more yes. of a running cornerback. Yeah. Now we're just kind of rambling. Sorry, I'm trying to get into my account to also just lock in a new a new line, um, but see if it's adjusted at all or not. But yeah, Sparty, I it feels like a big line to me because in these games too. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they always seem at least close. Um, they do. I I do feel good about that a little bit. I mean, I honestly didn't even remember them getting blown out last year because I started watching something else. Uh, <laughs> I think that, were you up for that game too? Yeah, I was. Nate, yeah, I think you were up here for 100%. that game, and we yeah, were watching everybody some other was down. stuff. It was like. <laughs> It was like 41 to 14 because I was talking to my cousin just like a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, we never really lose that bad. And then he's like, you guys got smoked last year. I was like, I don't really think so, did we? Really? And then it was 41 to 14. So if we get another one of those, that's not going to be good. The thing that frustrated me about Michigan State was not getting a push on first down and always ended up and that always ended up back. And then it was like the same run, run, pass, punt that we're used to for all the years of D'Antonio and all of his shortcomings towards the end of it. And then running a running back in Connor Hayward, who has tricked another coaching staff into being a real running back. All the guy does is run into either the defender or run into his own offensive lineman and get knocked down. Uh, just because he's a hard runner in practice doesn't mean anything. And then they gave their starting running back from last year, who almost had a thousand yards last year, was the returning leading returning rusher in the Big Ten, like nine carries, and he only got three yards. But the defense was in the backfield every time he got it, and there were so many plays where the freshman running back or Connor Hayward weren't hitting the hole that was open for them. And Elijah Collins just never got that opportunity because he, was get, he wasn't getting anything going because he was getting hit in the backfield every time he got the ball. I mean, 
that's the thing that's frustrating to me. I guess it's more frustrating because it hits a little closer to home. <laughs> um, but but it is what it is. So we'll see. I mean, I hope they could turn something around here. I guess I'm not as down on Rocky Lombardi as I was I before be. the season. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it's... I think it's too big, or I don't think the line's big enough. Um, I would lean the other way, but I don't bet on them. All right. So I just avoid it altogether then, I guess, is what we can do. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Clemson, BC, I'll have to wait to see what that line is, but that now is a dangerous spot for them. I mean, I got it at like 31 or something um, the other day. Um, let's see, what did I get? Yeah, 30. ESPN just went up to thirty. That's absurd. Hammer that. Like line. I just saw it at twenty nine. Hammer that. Oh, um, like two seconds ago. Yeah, no fucking way. Um, yeah, that. I mean, that's huge for Clemson to be down, to be down that player. Um, and Trevor Lawrence. We'll see where it comes with that. Um, this game feels like an absolute bear trap to me and i don't know why texas oklahoma state minus three and a half oklahoma state's favorite over unders 59 oklahoma state is quietly doing something no other team in that conference wants to do and that's play defense like that is a solid defensive unit um and i have zero faith in texas who can put up points but the defense is not good but for some reason like in my head i know van gundy's always good for like once they get going to absolutely stumble and face plant on himself um and i'm nervous this is the game but i want so badly to pick oklahoma state here but i'm i'm struggling cuz i just know like van gundy's always good to just face plant when it matters yes. you know, sometimes. But yes. Oklahoma State has won this game like seven times in the last 10 years. It's wild because Van Cundy has always shit the bed at least once a year. Yeah. Like when he's not supposed to. Like he's supposed to have that year where he finally breaks through as the Oklahoma State coach. Well, he's been there for a long time now. Yes. Yes. And they're good. I mean, realistically, I feel like Oklahoma State's a good, a, a good fan base because they know what they are. Like they don't have – I feel like they want – like they, every fan base wants to be better than what they are, and the the goal is always to strive. But I think they realize like this is kind of the best it's gonna get. Um, oh, so you're saying they're not Tennessee? Yeah, no, not 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 Tennessee, um, to say the least. Um, but I I think I'm gonna go Oklahoma State here. Um, I know it's a trap. I feel like it's a trap. My foot's gonna get caught in the bear trap. But I don't know. Like they're playing good defense. And I'd rather take that than a Texas team that's wildly inconsistent and literally can't stop falling over itself itself. Like it is the snake that eats itself down in Texas. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to do on this game. So you're not talking to me into going one way or another on this one. <laughs> fair enough. I'm sorry, fair enough. Nate, you can't can't do it. Um, other big game I have before we kind of just give out our cards, Ohio State, Penn State. The game of the week, the game of the night. It was looking a lot more appealing. Last week before the Indiana game, which, by the way, credit to us, we sat here and we said Indiana has been building a program. Tom Allen's mm-hmm. really good. Watch out for this Indiana Hoosier team. Like they have flown under the radar the last couple of years. They're always super competitive, and he finally did it. Which, do you think that was a touchdown? Yes. I think you had to go with what's called on the field. I don't know how he kept his body off the ground, which is insane. That is even more of an impressive feat. Than that would be the play of the year. Making it to wherever he did. Yeah. I, like, it's so that was close. where that ball ended up. 
I initially thought no, no touchdown. Now I'm like, yeah, I think it was. Like, I think it was. But you have to go with it. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, if the ball hit the side of the pylon, the ball wasn't moving any further forward. Right. But, but I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even know where it really hit. It, it was so hard to tell. Yeah. It was like, oh, ball's down, ball's out. Oh, wait, there's still the tip of the football. Well, I th- I brought happened there. I brought this up last year. I do not know why in the year 2020 there isn't a sensor in both ends of that football. Like, why is there not something at the point of both ends of that football in there? Like, they have it in, they have like that technology out there. Like, it has to be like you just put up like a like a wall, mm-hmm. and if the point of that ball crosses. Easy, like it should just be like lights off. I said it last year. This is the NFL, though, or this is this. Is I said it with an NFL football, game, yeah. at least. I know in the NFL, yeah. I brought up the point. Like, how do they not have that? I don't know. I don't know. I truly don't know. They have to figure something out. You would think, but I don't know. It's it's dumb. Um, but here's where I'm with this. Penn State. I mean, if Penn State wins that game, we're not having a conversation of how they hang in this game, are we? No. Like, we're not saying they're almost a two-touchdown underdog in this game, I don't think. And that that was a game where you go, turnovers were bad for them. James Franklin's an idiot. That play should never have been put in the hands of the running back. Yes, he probably should have known, but he's a college kid. There's a thousand things going on. He sees the end zone in the moment. He fucks up. So I haven't heard this either. How did they not go for two there? Dude, I don't know. You're asking me to put myself into a mind of an idiot right now so i don't <laughs> how do you not go for two there you you have a choice between being up seven or up nine correct how do you not just fall on the boy ball for fucking three downs like how do you not have clifford just take the ball and fall straight down Well, that's also true <laughs> you definitely should have done that like how do you not do any of that i don't understand how these decisions got made but say that say they win that game are we seriously sitting here thinking like oh ohio state's gonna blow them out of the water we go, because my rationale is this. They made a really dumb error in a weird year, and it was bad. But had they not done that, they won that game. I don't know. I think this I think this line's at a touchdown, probably, because that's generally, they for whatever reason, Penn State has Ohio State's number, and they play them close every year. Now, they don't have the advantage of Death Valley this year, but still, like, that team played good defense, and the offense was... All right, and I don't know, like Ohio State's offense is phenomenal, but that defense, I don't know, man. I was watching that Nebraska game, and I was like, if you had a little bit more of a competent program going against this defense right now, this might be a game. Yeah, so I would almost argue that Penn State losing that game gives Penn State more of a chance in this game, especially from the especially from the uh, betting perspective. Right, because now they're like backs up against the wall. That's, I mean, their season's over if they don't win this. Their season's over. Well, their season's already kind of over. But I mean, they beat Ohio State. That's now you got. They're a not getting in the college football playoff if they beat Ohio State. You beat Ohio State and you win the Big Ten. You're not getting in the college football playoff. I'm not saying know. they're doing that. I don't think this team is capable of winning the Big Ten. I'm just saying if they win, and then they rip off the rest of their season and they win the Big Ten, I think they're in. Because Indiana's gonna be good. Indiana's going to be a good loss. That's true. Indiana's going to be a good loss. I will agree with that. I don't know how I feel about this game anymore. And you know, like, I think I'm going to take Penn State here. 
I don't feel great about it. But I know historically the Penn State plays them close, especially in the Jane Franklin era. I don't know how I feel about that Ohio State offense. Or not offense, sorry, defense, defense. The offense I know about, that offense. And by the <laughs> way, Brian Day, I love you. I love you for going for that touchdown to get us the over last weekend. That is the type of coach I can get behind. That is the reason I can like Ohio State. I've hated Ohio State most of my life. I'm all I'm all in on Ohio State. Sign me up, baby. Because a coach that's willing to do that, because I know that was in his brain. None of this practicing stuff. I know he knew where the over was at, and he got it for us over betters. Um, but yeah, I like if it, I think twelve is a lot. I mean, I, think I know twelve is a lot too. But the problem with Ohio State is, is, I feel like they either blow teams out or they just have that one random slip up. That's true, and. And it's week and two. And this doesn't seem like it'll be their one random slip up. So when Ohio State went into their entire summer that they were practicing regardless of being shut down or not, I think their eyes were on this Penn State game anyways from the day they got to camp. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just I think you've got a Penn State team that knows they messed up an opportunity last week that's probably pissing them off. They're not going to make – I think as many, I mean, maybe they make, maybe they get in their heads and they make as many mistakes as they did, but they made a lot of mistakes that seemed like week one rust and they had no tune up game. Like they're not, they didn't play Nebraska. They played Indiana. That's a good football team in the big 10. Like there was no tune up there. There was no, there was no real margin of error there. I mean, Mm -hmm. Penn state absolutely dominated them for most of the game, but it was a team that like at any moment could, could come back on them. So I, I don't know. I'd like Penn state at 12, but Let's get into my card real quick, and you can give your card here. I have Penn State on my card. at I had them at plus 13 um, last night. The line has moved. I'll take them at plus 12. Um, I've got UNC here against UVA. Seven is the line, I believe. Maybe it's moved down to six. Um, but I like UNC here. The offense is really good. UVA's defense is bad. Yeah, they played the good game against Miami, but the weather was atrocious. Like That was a factor in there. Miami's always good to have duds. Um, I don't like UNC. I do think they're frauds. Um, but a seven-point game, I sort of like them here. UVA struggles to move the ball offensively. I don't like their defense. I've got US or UC minus seven against Memphis. Memphis is the exact same team as SMU. They move the ball on offense. They play no defense. UC is a fundamentally good football team on both offense and defense. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're good, well-coached by Luke Fickle. I have a future bet out on them, as you know. They're one of my favorite teams this year, and that's saying a lot as a Xavier fan. But I'm putting my personal feelings aside. I'm trying to make the trophy kids some money here, trying to make myself some money. You know, we're, we're, we're in it to win it here. Um, I've got Notre Dame. I'm going back to my Notre Dame roots. Some may have said I was the Notre Dame whisperer to start the season, 5-0. and Then I, then what giveth taketh away. That's a famous line, right, from something. It feels like <laughs> a Shakespeare type of thing yes. or something. Um <laughs> <laughs> my powers were taken away to see the Notre Dame board clearly, but I'm seeing it here. Ten and a half, first half. Georgia Tech is bad. I mean, bad, bad. We allowed ourselves to believe this team was going to be somewhat decent this year, and they're terrible. They're giving up 41 points a game. Notre Dame gets out of the gate fast. Um, in the first half, uh, combined, they have 114 points. Their opponents have 29. So I like Notre Dame here, first half, ten and a half. I like Oklahoma State, minus three. I like Arkansas here against, um, oh, fuck, I forget who they're playing now, uh, Texas A&M. Line's at 12. Arkansas sneakily competitive. Whoa. Yeah, and I think A&M's due for a, a come down after having a big game uh, last week. Like, I don't I don't love this Texas A&M team, and this Arkansas team's playing teams close, so I got 12 there. They're 4-0 against the spread. Yeah, they're they're great right now. They're 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 way under the radar. Um, great team there. I like that pick. 
And then I had – what was the other one I had? Sorry, I got to get the line. I forgot to write it down. Right, oh, there it was. Uh, Missouri versus Florida. Florida hasn't played in like three weeks. That defense was bad before they went on their break. I can't imagine it's any better. I mean, they haven't been able to really practice because of COVID issues. The offense is really good, but 13 seems big. I like Missouri 13, plus 13. Those are my – I'll probably add to it game day, but that's what I've got right now. I like a lot of those. So I'll just start at – I'm just going to scroll down the schedule and we're just going to shoot the- – we're just going to pick games here at random. Um, oh, big gut. Also mixing in big some gut. of Nate's picks. <laughs> this is all gut here. I'm going with the UC pick. I like the UC pick. I like what I'm seeing out of them. Um, keep scrolling down. Oh, the uh, Virginia Tech Louisville over um, at, what was it, 67 I'm considering. I haven't picked it yet, but I'm considering that over because Virginia Tech puts up points in – Louisville, I mean, they're not. They're Louisville. Yeah, they're Louisville. So I'm considering it. I'll tweet it out on Saturday, but just know that's on my radar, that over right there. I liked I liked the Notre Dame pick. That one I'm going with as well. Um, I don't know what to do with LSU-Auburn. LSU seems like they might have found their next quarterback. Is that what it looked like? Yeah, or kind of. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more there. Um they're in a, I don't know what you do with them. Um, I don't like Auburn right now. Auburn. I don't either. I do not like that football team. That's not a good gambling football team. <laughs> They're no. not good for picking purposes. I, I don't like them. I'm not seeing much else that I really like here. I don't here. love the board. It's not great. I'm staying the. Staying I liked the, the Arkansas pick as well. Um, oh, Kansas I, State. The, that was the other pick I liked. I liked the Missouri pick. Kansas, Kansas State, State was also four. one that I was thinking of because Kansas State is 4-1, and one, not only in their real record, but also against the spread. The Mountaineers are only 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Yeah, I don't like um, that as a football team And right it's now. a four-point spread. I, I kind of like that Kansas State one as well. I got nothing there. I haven't watched a single single play from either one of those teams, so I'm not doing that. But I do like Kansas State plus four. That's also on my card. Sorry, I forgot to tell you that. Get that in line. So which one, were the, which one was the one you didn't like? Or that you hadn't watched? Oh, Kent State. I don't know anything about Kent State football this year. I was talking Kansas State. I oh, I thought it. you said Kent State. I was no, like, I haven't no, watched no. a single play no. of Kent State. I don't. I couldn't tell the you. The Mac that. hasn't started I, yet. That, I, I was about to also say that. The Mac is coming back. The Mac is coming back. I was starting to look soon. at the board. I think it's like middle of November. I think it's like a week or two from now. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was looking at the board. I was like, I don't see any other Mac teams on here. What is he looking at? Um, but okay, cool. <laughs> Kansas that was the other one that I like too. I liked Ole Miss against Vandy. Vandy's terrible, and mm-hmm. Ole Miss can put up some points. Now they do have to cover sixteen and a half here, but they can put up some points on offense, and they will do that against Vandy. Yeah, Lane Kiffin's got a point machine down there in uh, Ole Miss. Yep, he sure does. So that was the only other one I wanted to add. Nice. That's pretty much all I got. All right, I feel pretty good about that board. Um. I got nothing else. You got anything else before we wrap this up? Nope. Hope you got your BC picks in. Hope you hope you looked at the Jenner report today and locked in those picks this morning because, man, is that is that looking real good. Um, all right. We will see you all next week. And as always, peace. Peace. peace.